Hello and good evening, guys. Welcome to Creating the Conversation podcast, episode 19. I hope you guys have been all right. I hope you guys have been fine. I hope you guys have been chilling uh, under the restrictions that we've got at this moment in time. I am uh, your host, Imran Mohammed, I'm, and I'm with my big man, the main man, my co-host, Mr. Ivan Humble. The big G, how are you doing, mate? You all right? Yeah, all good, mate. All are you chilling? Nothing else to do is there apart from to chill. <laughs> <laughs> That's, exactly <laughs> That's very true. Been, That's all we can do at this been, moment. Well, you know what it's like for us. We've had a couple of schools cancelled this week as well. We've had a bit more fun than we used we used to. So it's just been chilling, really. So. It has been. I think that's how it starts, doesn't it? Every lockdown, even the lockdown that we had in uh, last March, all right, same thing. Initially, you say, okay, fine, maybe a few weeks, no no problem. Then slowly, slowly, it creeps up. It becomes a month, then two months, then three months, then four months. Imran, shut up. You're making us scared, man. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I'll shut up. I won't say too much. <laughs> and the thing is, look, you, you got you got to take it as, as it comes, doesn't it? What can we you start- do? What do you think, Yeah, I agree. I mean, you just can't. There's nothing we can do to change. I mean, obviously, the anti-lockdown protests aren't doing nothing to stop it. So, it's just best to get on with it, do what you can when you can. Do you know what I mean? And that's exactly I mean, that's it. That's just and the main I mean, thing. It's just that is the main thing. And I think it's about we to... well-being. You just you just got to keep active. Do you know what I mean? Keep your mind active. Most people's well-being and mental health have taken a bit of a hit this last few months. Do you know what I mean? Um, and we seem to have started this year like we did last year with not much hope. Well, a bit of the vaccine, I guess, but there's still not much hope for the ordinary person stuck at all. Do you know what I mean? So how long is it for? That's the problem. But I did read somewhere that um, a pandemic usually lasts a minimum of three years. That's quite scary when I read that because I thought I can't live like this for another three years. No, it's true, but the but the thing is this: the the reason why they state that because at the time they're still making a vaccine, at the time they're still looking at how to keep people safe, or at different scenarios, different you know circumstances and situation. We've not had the same time period. What they've created is rapid, right? But they had to do this. You know, medical advancement has taken, you know, it's got to that level where we genuinely need something like this ASAP. Thank God it's been done. There are still people who are a bit wary about it. They're a bit worried about it. I get that. But the thing is, what else do we have at the the moment? There are a lot of debates at this moment, Ivan. There's debates in different communities. There's councils are talking about it. There's, you know, I know religious communities. I know there are forums, imam forums, you know, chaplains. There are priests. There are rabbis, right? There are monks at this moment who are sitting, talking, discussing. Shall we take this vaccine or not? Right? Should we do it now? Because it's not been researched enough. Okay? There's a lot of questions that have been raised at the moment. But I think under the circumstances, I've got to give it to, you know, the, the, the medical world. They've done a phenomenal piece of job. I've got to say they've done a phenomenal job, right? From at least what I'm reading and what I'm trying to learn and understand about what's going on. So I've got to give credit where credit is due. So I think as people who live in this community, in this society, of course, we can we can we can always be pessimistic. Oh, bloody hell, our system, all oh, this, all oh, that. We can be that. That's very that's very English of us. But the reality is, Ivan, we have to find the light at the end of the tunnel, my man. Do you know what I'm saying? And I think we will find that. 
we are going to get there and hopefully unlike last year at least we've got the vaccine here and people are getting vaccinated and people who are 80 and above are you know reacting very positive towards it you know or you know with it being in their bodies so hopefully all right there is genuinely some hope at the end hopefully uh, Ivan Maman today we have an awesome program we have an awesome opportunity to talk to some very young people individuals who have done a, an amazing piece of work right and something which in fact if i'm looking at looking at yourself the image behind you which is becoming humble is uh, the footage or the video footage that was created by these individuals uh, the first uh, individual is ben uh, sempi hopefully i pronounced that correctly and the second individual is steph undaguda undaguba undaguba i hope I pronounced that correctly right so when they come on uh, in a few moments uh, we'll have a bit of a conversation and discussion with them ivan what was the intention what was your intention to invite these two young individuals today on to the program um to give them a voice really i think uh i think what i've learned since i've been with marine education is we do a lot of empowering people in schools and i think i just think these lad uh this career of film Almost deserve that little lift up, that little shout out. Do you know what I mean? Because, do you know what I mean? And and the work they produced was quite professional. Do you know what I mean? Um, I just think they deserve to just talk about it. Do you know what I mean? Because it's all about the youth nowadays, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? They're the ones that's going to try and bring change, and and I just think it's good to give them a voice and give them a little push. Do you know what I mean? We have a good network of people we know. Do you know what I mean? So. It could lead to something. You never know. Do you know what I mean? So let's give it a shape. And, and let's do that. And I'm going to call upon Ben Sempi and Steph Undaguba to come forward. Uh, both of these individuals are studying in Norwich University, film and moving image productions. Big up to both of them. Thank you very much, guys, for coming in. Thank you very much for being part of this particular program today. Right. And I'm going to bring on Steph. Steph, hiya Steph, you're all right. Hi, hi. Can hiya, you hear me? Steph. Hiya, Ben. Hi. Thanks. Thanks very much for having us. You thank, you. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I know you guys are busy. I know you guys are students. You're hard working. Look at <laughs> me. I look at me. I'm a liar because I know I was a student myself and I didn't study a single bit. I am <laughs> hard to be. It's hard to be hard working when you don't know what you're doing. Oh, literally. Look at me. Yeah. <laughs> I, hope, I, hope, I hope your lecturers are not looking at this <laughs> guys we are very very grateful that you came today on our in invitation and i've i've watched the you know footage as well and hopefully we're going to show that footage uh to our viewers as well and our listeners and, and it's an amazing piece of work that you've done and so i want to i want to open up right straight away with this question what the hell got into both of you guys oh, i think there's three of you isn't it uh, as a yeah, team, yeah. you guys, and you tracked this guy down, Mr. Ivan Humble, and you made up, you know, this amazing piece of footage on him. Where the hell did that come from? <laughs> I feel like Ben's going to be the one to tell the story because he's the one who found him. <sighs> yeah, um, you can tell so, the story. Yeah, it all came from we were given a documentary project to do for university, so uh, I sort of wanted I wanted to make a documentary. I knew I wanted to have like a character profile documentary. So I just started doing 
bits of research into things I was interested in. And I came across a documentary on Amazon Prime. It was, I think, Ivan, you'll remember the title. I think it was Britain's Ultra Nationalists. Wasn't that it? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah. So I yeah. came across this this documentary and I was I, it sort of the, the title engaged me, to be honest. And as I was watching it, I noticed Ivan was Ivan was box popped, which is that's a film term. That's like a short mm. interview on on location. He was box popped in the documentary, but he was almost cut off short. I wanted to hear more of his story, but they just kind of cut it off and moved on to the next thing. <clears throat> uh, so, so I obviously his name came up at the bottom. So I just thought, I wonder if I could find this guy. So I started just typing in Ivan Humble. It's not the most, it's, you know, it's not everyone has the name Ivan Humble. So it didn't take too long to track him down. You're lucky, Ben. No one came knocking on your door and saying, why the hell are you looking at this guy for? Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I I think I actually ended up finding Ivan on LinkedIn, which is, which is, yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird one. I think it's because, Ivan's name on Facebook and stuff wasn't Ivan Humble, if I remember right at the time. I, I'm not too sure, but yeah, I, it was hard to find him on other things. Fine. But yeah, if I remember right, your name at the time of me looking for for the contact to you wasn't Ivan Humble on Facebook. I think it might have been something else. Yeah, I think it was Ivan Humble, but it had NDS at the end. That was it. That was it. Yeah. So yeah, so that's how it came about. Uh, I just sort of reached out and said, I, I'd really love to like give you the platform to tell your story in a longer detail, in a longer detail and longer form, because you know, these five minutes short interviews that we're seeing, you're getting half the story, but it's all the bad half of the story. They, they're not interested in, in the what who Ivan has become and why he was like that. They just want to know. So tell us about what your time is like in the EDL and of yes yeah. that's the problem isn't it because a lot of footage they are much more interested in um you know the sensation lies sensationalization of an individual this idea of what bad have you done you were part of a really notorious organization and that's it there's no before and after yeah and i think yeah. what you guys have done is a phenomenal piece of work all uh, right and i'm gonna i want to show uh before we go on i want to show a little bit of that footage but before I do that, I'm gonna ask Ivan. You know when these young people approached you, right? What went through your mind? Um, and I just thought it was interesting that he reached out. Do you know what I mean? And it was something he said. I think that bit about I want to hear more of your story. And Ben's right. A lot of the people who talk to me, and you know him well as well, they only want my past. They don't. They don't want to recognise me for my future what or what I can bring. I'll always be remembered for my past, which isn't fair, really. People move on, do you know what I mean? So I hope this gives I'm a bit d- more insight into that. I don't know, not everybody is a bad one, do you know what I mean? And I think for Ben, ben and Steph and the rest of the team to think like that, all right, that tells that tells me about how you are going to become some you know really amazing for, for you know, documentary filmmakers and other areas of work that you will do, and I'm gonna. I just want to say straight out, thank you very much. But let's have let's see what you guys have done. A little bit of the footage, and we will share the link as well for others to go and and check it out. Thank you.
You didn't matter what color they were, white, black. If they were Muslims, we hated them. My name's Ivan Humble. I'm 49 years old, born in Lerstoft, and I was a former regional organiser for English Defence League for around five years. Growing up in Lerstoft, all the years when I was a kid, there's lots to do. Been at forward to nowadays, not so much to do with the cuts of the community centres and stuff like that. Our industries have took a big hit, so we lost the fishing industry years ago. A lot of the factories are shut, the chicken factories, Bolton and Paul making windows and door frames. A lot of our work going our way now is seasonal or shop work. It's kind of a dying seaside town now. Our Muslim community in my town is, is really insignificant because of the numbers. We have a population of over 60,000 people and we have a Muslim community of just probably about 100 people. Now, this is an amazing piece of work that you guys have done, I've got to say. Right, and I think the rest of the the video itself, the clip as well, is online, and it's something that we're going to share for others to go away and watch as well. And hopefully, hopefully, right, people will uh, show the you know genuine interest in this particular material because I think you've done an amazing job. All right, I don't want to show everything and anything because I really want to uh, make people get there, you know, click and view this particular material. Because the thing is, what you guys have done, and both of you, I know you are studying in Norwich University. Uh, doing film and uh, moving image productions. Now, what I did last year in university, and yeah, yeah, yeah. used an amazing piece of, you know, filmography here. You've done an amazing piece of work, right? Man, you guys have been taught well, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> or, or is it is it something else? Is is it because you have a lot of passion? What drives you guys, right? So if I if I can put that to Steph, what drives you guys? to find the story because you must have put your heads together and you went to this gentleman, you came up to this gentleman and said, look, we want to make this because we want to show the before and after and find out about a lot of stuff. So what got into you guys to do that? Uh, that's, a really, that's a really, really good question. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Okay, beautiful. I think with film as like a medium, I think personally for me, I actually prefer documentaries compared to like films. So when we actually got the chance to do this film, kind of when we started the, the project was to have two kind of two ideas so we had the Ivan Humble one and then we also had an idea I think it was to do a tattoo artist a tattoo shop the second one yes. and then I remember the first time we the tattoo of, fixes. <laughs> yeah something like that we got into like groups and then um, Ben was like okay I think I found this guy's name's Ivan Humble he used to be part of the EDL and now he does charity work and me and Lucy were like oh my god if we can get this guy this is such a powerful story like i even remember being in the room because i did the sound recorded so i was recording the sound so i can like hear the sound so i'm hearing his voice i literally had goosebumps when he was telling the story for me i think with documentary the differences i think the difference between that is you can find and see the humility in people like i think the biggest part of the story is the change that he went through and i think i resonated with that as well because obviously i haven't been part of like a big organization but it's just changing as a person knowing that okay maybe there was at one point I did something really really wrong and this was this isn't who I am now so yes. now kind of having that change and having and being able to like tell other people I think I think for me the change was like the biggest thing I resonated with especially when I was like editing it for my um for the uni so that's why that's why I enjoyed it and then we met Ivan and then we all kind of just gelled well and then he took us to Lois off and he was kind of just showing us around just showing b-roll Kind of, and then also we got to meet his daughter as well, which I 
that was really sweet because you trusted enough for us to actually meet like your family members. So it was it was a really it was a sweet experience for me. I think it kind of it put my love back in documentary because I remember in first year I was in a group and it just wasn't the documentary made just wasn't it just I had no passion for it. I was just sitting there like, oh my god, I'm wasting my time. And then the other then next year comes and second year now I'm actually doing something that I love and it you've this documentary meant a lot to me. It meant a lot to me. I, I can see that as well because well, I got the opportunity to view the whole documentary and yeah. there's a lot of there's a there, you know your your way of telling the story has been it's been very powerful, right? The, the cutaways that you do, you are you know bringing out the reality of who Ivan is, his mm. town, his family, his kids, and showing the holistic image. And yeah. just, just before we came on, all right, and uh, Steph, you had to leave. There was uh, I said something to Ben that. Uh, one, of the, I I work in a particular setup, and the individuals I work with are usually people who are, um, you know, cut off society. They yeah. are out of society, right? They are seen as people. Oh, they are, they are the scum of the world, right? So it's better if we just lock them up and throw the key away, right? Yeah. That's, that's that's a big problem that we have, and sadly, all we know about them people is through the criminality. Is all what we know is what's coming in the newspaper. We don't know that they're a father. He might be a father. He might be a son. He's he's got mom. He's got a dad. He's got kids. He's got mm -hmm. uh, got loved ones. He's got all of that. He's he's a, he's a full human being. Okay, fine. He's done a horrific thing. He's being naughty, right? He's yeah. Getting, you know, he's getting sorted out for that. But I think um for and, and as as you were talking, I could I could genuinely hear within your voice and within your expression about how passionate you are about this, and especially maybe that this particular footage helped you to. To, to revive that sense of yeah you know what i can really do this right and guess what you guys have done an amazing piece of work and i want to put it to i want to put it to ben that ben you know once you started to make the footage right yep. and ivan of course you one thing is he's a really nice guy he's a sweet he's charming gentleman and he's very generous he's a very generous he's sitting right here sorry mate I, i'm I, hopefully you're not feeling a, a bit shy in me expressing that all right god bless you mate all right, and you know when you, you see, carry on. I don't you... like picking myself up. <laughs> carry on, carry on. I'll carry on. No problem. No, I want to come to this. I want to come to the question: Is that you understood that he was part of the DL? He's part of the DL. He goes out. He spews out some really horrific things. He was being very hateful towards a particular community, especially the Muslim community. And then suddenly, you go and make this footage on the guy. That must have shaken you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, as as documentary filmmakers, we we do have a certain responsibility that what we show, it may as although it may not reflect our particular ideologies, you have to understand how it's going to affect whoever watches it. So that's why for me, it was really important to show that this isn't who Ivan is anymore, and that he has sort of gone on this journey. But I would be lying to say that the first time that I went to meet for coffee with Ivan, I was a bit nervous. I think anyone would be. It wasn't that I was nervous of Ivan or who he was, particularly as a person, but it was just that I'd never spoken to anyone who has been sort of involved in that before. So it was just sort of to understand how Ivan works as a person, which it didn't take very long. I mean, Ivan's a completely normal, genuine, really yeah. down-to-earth guy. Um, but yeah, there was that sort of, not fear, but just... Uh, nervousness before going definitely yeah and i, and I think that ner them nerves all right were, were settled 
straight away once uh, you saw that beautiful smile on that face. <laughs> Ivan, man, you know when these young people turned up, and like I said before, and you start to, the way you are, right? You're a generous man, you do your thing. Was it a bit of a, like a shot? One minute, why are you interested in me for? Yeah, I'm always like that anyhow, do you know what I mean? Because everything's surreal that I've done. But it's just the way they were. Do you know what I mean? They're just just down to earth, do you know what I mean? We we clicked straight away, me and Ben did when we first met. We just we don't I don't know, we just and I think that's important when you do films with people. Mm. I've done a lot of films with people and work with people who are passionate and you can tell that by just by how they're talking about the project. For me, they they won me over. Do you know what I mean? It's because nobody's really heard the other side. Do you know what I mean? They didn't hear my past. So this this uh, piece has given me that chance for people to hear the other side, the human side. Do you know what I mean? And, that, and that's the important side. That's a very very important side that a person can live a particular type mm. of lifestyle. All right, if, if, you know, intentionally or unintentionally, they probably did not want to go down a certain, a certain, you know, certain, uh, you know, pathway or alley. And these two individuals and the third as well. What's the third? What's the third uh, partner's name? Oh, here you guys, Lucy Cummings. I think you're Lucy muted, Cummings. Ben. Okay, Lucy. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, Lucy. Lucy. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, Lucy as well. All right, and um. I want to, and, and I think what Ivan just said about Ben. Ben, I know that you are from uh, Belfast. Yeah. Uh, if it's okay, if I can mention the. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Balamina, that you're from. Right now, coming from Balamina, coming into England, right? And you've come from, you come from a place of conflict. Yeah. Right? You have seen conflict. You have seen, uh, you know, that type of tension. You've seen, you know, this whole standoff of them and us. Right. Um, so my first part of my question is how old were you when you came here? Right? And yeah. how was your experience living within that type of environment where there was an environment? Okay, that conflict is much more based upon Protestants and Catholics. Yeah, right? the, the, the skin color is the same. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, but what was your experience? And do you believe that that experience has made has a massive part to play? in the type of work that you want to do for the future? Yeah, I mean, so I, I actually still, my parents still live in Northern Ireland, so I only come over here term time. So I was there at Christmas and stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can't say I've experienced the conflict firsthand, but I suppose that um, things that we would sort of, in Northern Ireland, that seem normal whenever you come over to England, and you see how it's different over here. So like, for example, um, there's been times where I've been in Belfast and I got stuck in Belfast because all the trains were stopped because of a bomb scare. That, that's a pretty typical thing to happen in Belfast, bomb scares. And then you come over here and it's like a completely different world. Um, the first time I came to Norwich, I was walking down the Prince of Wales Street, which is sort of where all the clubs are. Um, and there was police lined the whole street. And that's something I think the police in Northern Ireland don't tend to get out of their cars, I think, for their own safety more than anything else. And I actually went up to a policewoman and I said to her, like, what, what's going on? What's happened? Thinking, you know, there's something wrong here. And she said, oh, no, it's just a Friday night. We just always have a presence here. 
I was just like, whoa, this is. It's weird. just, it's just, it's just people in Norwich are going crazy. That's what <laughs> yeah. yeah. Too many drinks. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like living, living at home, it's not. It's, it's, it's more the small things that you don't really notice. And then whenever you do come over to somewhere a bit more relaxed, like England, you see, see those yeah. subtle differences. But um, I think a, a big thing about coming from Northern Ireland is that everyone in Northern Ireland has a story and everyone has a past. So, you know, like, for example, my, my granda who's passed away during the Northern Irish Troubles, he was a prison officer. Right. So I was always hearing stories about, you know, the hunger strikers and he, he had worked on the wing where they were striking and things. And it was just always hearing people's stories, I think, is what sort of propelled me into filmmaking. Like, I wanted to be able to tell those stories. So I think that... Um, and you know, a lot of a lot of the people in Northern Ireland don't have the, and how do I put this, um, the cleanest of backgrounds. They've also had maybe a sketchy history. So, I mean, mm. like you see, you see people. You know, I know people from home whose parents were maybe involved in things back back in the day, and they're the nicest people. But it's it's not sort of. If you put a label on them, oh, he was in this organization or she was in that organization, it's kind of there's there's some parallels to Ivan's story. So I think that's what sort of attracted me to that. And I think that's powerful. And I think coming from that particular experience, right? Even though you weren't directly impacted by it per se, but you're, you're like you said, you talked about your grandfather and you talked about your family, mm -hmm. right? You live, you've been living in conflict, and I think finding that akin with Ivan within that particular story is really, really powerful. Um, Steph, I know you, you're, you know, you brought up in London. Uh, mm -hmm. in you've uh, turned up in, uh, you know, Norwich to study. You've, you know, worked in certain areas. But your background is Nigerian. Yeah, I was born there. Born in Nigeria. So how long were you in Nigeria for? I was there up until I was like five or six and then I moved to the UK. Oh, my God. That must have been a culture. That must have been a culture shock for you as a young child. It you was. Know? Coming, coming into England, seeing all these too many maybe white faces. All right. <laughs> How, what was your what was your experience in coming from Nigeria as a five year old? Uh, all right, into England. How was it? Yeah. Well, I mean, I was five, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna remember like a lot of things. But I think one thing that I think for me, since I was young, for, when you're a kid, it's actually it's like an adventure. So I'm not really seeing it as like, oh my god, there's so many white people. I'm just like, there's so many because I moved to London, so London is not just white people; it's Asian people, it's Eastern yeah. Europe. Yeah, I was just seeing so many different people and just different cultures. And for me, as a kid, I've always loved and embraced that. So that's why I'm kind of grateful that my parents chose to come to London instead of like maybe Edinburgh or somewhere else. So well, you got some problem. Was, you got some problem with Edinburgh, Steph. I have no problem. That's just the first thing that came into my head. <laughs> I could have said Wales, okay? I could have said Wales. I could have said Ireland. <laughs> but for me, I think, it, for me, it was good. I, I enjoyed it. I actually enjoyed it. In both of you coming from two different countries, right? And if you, I don't, I don't know, uh, Ben, if you know the history of the Irish in England. It's uh, It's been a very difficult one, very historically. All right, there was a time when... Uh, uh, you, if you go to the shop, they would they would say on the on the on the outside of the window of the shop or the door, right? It would say no Irish, no blacks, no dogs. Right? That was the say. Of course, we've thank God Almighty, we have progressed from there immensely. As as a, as a young Irishman, and of course, your accent is very profound. You know, we can tell that you are from yeah. Ireland. Well, okay, so if, if you don't speak and you don't talk, a lot of people might not assume that you're from there. 
but once you start speak do you still feel that there's some sort of you know a stigma there is some sort of you know a sense of the other have you ever felt in england and um, yeah i mean i would i think more it, it happens more when i'm on the phone with someone so a lot of the time if i'm in a group and we need to get in contact with a documentary subject or a location i'll ask someone else to go on the phone and it's not I, it's not the i I don't think I think that I'll be marginalized because of my accent. One second, Ben. I can't hear you that well. Is there some? Uh, there's someone um, at the background. Can you it's okay. Can Steph, is there someone behind you? Ivan. Yeah, yeah. One sec. Let me mute and then. Yeah. Thank you. Go for it. Yeah. Um. Sorry. What? Oh, yeah. So it's more. Uh. The I think that it comes across less professional which i suppose is like the same as someone who maybe has a scottish accent might might experience that as well so that is still you still feel that there is some sort of stigma that could be uh you may be seen as someone who's not as professional maybe it's not as english but it's not as prevalent not in your face as maybe it was in in the past now yeah, definitely not definitely not i mean I, I can't sit here and say that I would experience the same sort of discrimination as someone like yourself or Steph would, who I'm sure have experienced a lot worse than what I have. Um, but yeah, there is definitely, there's definitely a, a, a stigma to it. It's okay. It's okay. It's good. It's good. Don't worry about it. Go for it, Steph. Let's put the same question to you. Have you come across... I know you you living in London. You have a particular yeah. it's more multi, um, uh, you know, um, um, multi diverse. It's a very diverse society. And community. Yeah. But you still in Norwich, out of all places. Yeah, living in Norwich was definitely like a culture shock for me. Probably the first time I've actually felt it in my life. Because <laughs> for me, I think when I was applying to Norwich, I didn't even I didn't even know where Norwich was. Firstly, I didn't I had no clue. One of my friends was just like. No okay, no one does, trust me, no one does. <laughs> she was like, okay, there's a really good university anyway. It's in Norwich, it does film. And then I just went to the open evening, the open day. And then I was like, okay, I could see myself being here. And for me, I think, I think oppression and stuff for me, it's more, it's, I think for like most black people, it's more like subvert. So it's not like, it's never going to be in your face. No one's ever going to like call you the N word or anything like that. But you can see how they treat you quite differently at times. But for me, I just, I just don't, I don't look at stuff. I don't really look at stuff like that anymore. Cause I just, I'm trying not to let me like affect me. Cause I know that kind of being a black person and a black woman going into the film industry, it's going to be hard. People are going to have something to say. People are going to maybe doubt you, but I don't want to kind of put their judgment over like my own self judgment in a way. So for me, I don't, I'm trying to think of like particular, sorry, you're going to hear the baby in the background. I'm trying to think of like particular experiences, but I don't really, I don't have any because it's more like a thing of me thinking, okay, they're kind of doing that because I'm black rather than, okay, I know they're doing that because I'm black. So they don't know me, they don't know my character, they, yeah, don't, know exactly. me, they don't know my person, or right, anything. And, and I think that's really powerful what you've just done. Okay, yeah. psychologically, you have taken you've taken control of that situation, which I think is really powerful, right? And you said you cannot de you cannot define me. I define yeah, exactly. That's really exactly. cool. You know what I mean? And I think what you've just said there, because of you know Black Lives Matters. Mm. Right, which is a massive movement at this moment in time and 
you know, immense discrimination of different communities, yeah. especially, uh, sadly, uh, you know, um, racism is a very primitive way of discrimination. Let's get that straight. Because yeah. it's just because you look different or your skin color is different, right? So I can show my hate towards you and I see you as different. But that's the problem because it's just a pigment. It's just exactly. melanin. I think I think it's really powerful. But, but the point that you're making is crucial. That sadly, even in our very multi-diverse, multi-faith, you know, you know um, a society, people who are from many different backgrounds, as you go into areas where there is a dominant culture, right? It might be the host culture. Mm. And uh, Ivan, this this is to you really, right? So you know when individuals who like you, you say you mentioned in the video in in the clip as well. That your town is what was it sixty thousand, and was it one hundred of them all were Muslims? Yes, they were seventy thousand actually. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's near seventy thousand or just over seventy thousand. Um, but yeah, it's still about hundred Muslims. You know I mean, but it's not like in most towns; it's mainly men. So we don't see the hijab, we don't see the burqa. And still, tell you when we were in our town. We said, uh, I said to her when she first come there, you'll probably be the only person of colour we'd see today. And I think wow. it, it wasn't far that day, do you know what I mean? Literally. Just, Literally. We never had the chance really to get to know. Yeah, see, Steph would tell you herself, do you know what I mean? We said it as a joke at the start of the day. And at the end of the day, I remembered I said it. I said to her, Amy, did you see it? We didn't, do you know what I mean? So that's kind know. of my town some people here but but we don't really see them do you know what i mean so it's still hard for us still to get to know the others sometimes see that's the thing really isn't it because as so I'm, just I like yourself Ivan, i tend to i get an opportunity to go to different parts of britain in england generally yeah and i do see that and let's get this days only 14 yeah. percent of this country is ethnic minority mm. right it's only 14 percent. so naturally you're gonna have pockets here and there and everywhere. And majority of the people are indigenous white communities, right? Which is which is the, which is the country, which is not a problem, do you understand? Uh, no issue at all of that. But I think there has to be more, you know, intention, at least this intention to, you know what, I need to get to know the other, right? Um, and and walk out or get, get out of your comfort zone. I remember I was in I was in Scarborough a few a few a few years ago, Ivan. Yeah, I turned off and I look like this. I can't. I can't pull my beard off. You know what I'm saying? I can't. But it's, not, it's not fake. It's not fake. You know what I mean? So it's it's a real thing. So I'm walking around. I can't. I can't remove this skin color. Can't do that, mate. You know what I'm saying? I'm not. I'm not going to do some bloody bleaching, right? I'm nothing like that. So I'm walking around, and but the thing was, what the amazing thing was that I was the only Asian this type of looking person walking around. Now I'm going to be straight. I didn't. No one looked at me in the wrong way. No one yeah. said anything. No comment statements have been said. And this is my personal experience. And I go into, I go to some really, you know, um, um, when you talk about uh, environments where predominantly might be white communities, all right, it's where I bloody will stand out like a sore thumb. But I never get that type of, on a personal level, I'm talking about, you do feel sometimes. But I started to realize it has a lot to do with me. How I see them, Right? How I feel when I'm around them, okay. So I am projecting my fears on them. So I, I have to work on that. 
to be trivial on a personal level. I can start to deal with this side. Maybe it's maybe I need to deal. This is these are my insecurities that I need to deal with. And thank God, I, I, I'm working on them. I'm dealing with them. Do you understand? And as ethnic minorities, we tend to do that a lot. You know, being in a particular community, when we get out of that community, you know, Sam, uh, sorry, Ben, you came from Ireland. You came into this environment, you understand, which is predominantly English. You came from an environment where you probably were always told, oh, the English are like this. And you remember that the Union Jack is the butcher's apron, stated by certain individuals and certain organizations in Ireland. Isn't that true? It is, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, um, so my... I, my background is, so I'm a Northern Irish Protestant, so uh, the Protestants in Northern Ireland believe that Northern Ireland is rightfully owned by the UK. So we would have, we would see a lot of conflict with the Protestant and Catholic sides in Northern Ireland, and it all sort of ties back to England. So you see a lot of the decisions, which the people of England might not know, but a lot of decisions being made in England are directly affecting us. And go for it. You okay? We can hear you. Sorry, sorry. Um, yeah, yeah. I just, I just also wanted to just, just make the point that um, I think Steph said earlier about how diverse uh, South London is. I think that it's that's so interesting because it's the exact opposite of where I've came from. Where you know, where Northern Ireland is such an isolated country that I think during the time of filming, me and Ivan got talking about this how. There's a lot of parallels between Lowestoft and where I'm from. That we really don't have a big Muslim community in Belfast. And I think in my high school, in my whole high school, there was only one person of color. So it how, how was that? How was that as an experience? You know, on the other side. All right. Ivan has just said, you know what, we didn't see anybody, and predominantly we didn't see hijabis, people with hijab, or people with colour per se. So from your perspective. Okay, fine. You're in conflict. You are, you know, from a Protestant community. Okay, you have your own conflict and etc. But there was only one Muslim in your school. Yeah, and he he wasn't even a Muslim guy. He was just a person of color. There was actually no Muslim people in our high school. Uh, no, let me let me hold you on that. That's really interesting because the thing is, the sad thing is, as a lot of white communities and certain white areas in this country, predominantly white communities, when they see a person of color. Right, they assume that they are of a certain faith, and predominantly they think they're Muslims. I know that happens a lot with our Sikh community, right? So because they've got a turban, they got a beard, right? They tend to convolute, right? They they think color. This color means a particular religion, yeah, and faith. Um, so I I think that's exactly probably that individual felt the same, or you guys felt towards that person. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it, it, it's kind of it's kind of strange because uh, there wasn't really any. I think just because maybe it's because of the high school I went to, or it's because of Northern Ireland in general. But I think that the a lot of the high schools are split: Catholic high schools, Protestant high school. So you would hear a lot more bigotry com comments towards the other religion rather than the skin tones. Yes. So, um, I think one of the one of the main things that we're seeing now and in the town that I come from, Ballymena, it's quite a predominant issue is that we're seeing a lot of Romanian nationals arriving. Right. Ballymena, and that's sort of where our uh, the parallels go between sort of Ivan talked about seeing these 
uh, seeing these articles about the Tar Hamlets and about all these Muslim people moving in. We're seeing that in Balamina now. You're getting groups like Britain First showing up and videoing them coming off buses and harassing them. And it's sort of that they don't know where these people or what circumstances these people came from. And I mean, you hear the typical thing you hear all, all the time, oh, they're taking our jobs or whatever that's, that's meant to mean. But really, these people are coming in and they're doing jobs that you wouldn't do. Yeah, the menial jobs. Do you understand? They're gonna they're gonna be working in farms. They're gonna be doing whatever. Do you understand? And and the hardworking people. There's no doubt yeah. about that. But the thing, the, the thing, the problem is by by mentioning this, right? What, what I'm see, this is something what you find historically, right? When the Jewish community came, they got their share of hate. When the Irish community came, they got their share of hate. When the black community came, they got their share of hate. Then the Asian from the from the subcontinent came, they got their share of hate. One minute, we just hate everybody. Because the difference, <laughs> and the sad thing is, now we have Eastern Europeans come in, and even because of Brexit, even that all over the damn place. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I think that's. I, I, sometimes I do think about this, and maybe I'm being pessimistic around this issue. That maybe that is the psyche of the British, or that is built in within the British. Anyone who comes and steps on my toes just because you look slightly different, I'm going to hone into that. All right, and I'm going to exploit that. Uh, which probably is a is a is a is a is a discussion for a different day, guys. I want to I want to mention something. There's this comment that's been put by one of our you know regular listeners, Ahmed Patel. He said, "I used my Yorkshire accent to let people know I'm a fellow Brit." <laughs> what do you guys think about that? Well, I I mean, you might have to show me how to start using a Yorkshire accent. <laughs> It is impossible. <laughs> no, 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 genuinely, look, that's that's a, that's that's something that I think minority communities would do. Like even myself. Look, I'm 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 from you know by me talking and discussing, you know exactly what part of the country I'm from. Look, I'm third, fourth generation in this country, right? Now, naturally, I have a particular accent. I hold a particular accent. Um, I have a I have a phone voice. I have a, a you know discussion conversation voice. We, mm. we pull that. All of us do it. Right? from professional to you know colloquial or, or street language we all do it at home i speak two three different languages you understand so i do have that side to me as well but in a way i agree with ahmed here that to feel more of the community right we like chameleons we like to take right the environment within ourselves would you agree with him? Would you say that is something that we do? Maybe not in that, not maybe other cultures might do it because of the dress code, mm-hmm. right? They might do me down like today. I've got this jillabaya on, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, hey, I've got it now. I thought, you know what, I'm chilling today, so I'm gonna put it on. So I'm relaxing, but I've got this on for so certain part of the communities. They might not, they might say, don't tell me when you know, that's a bit weird, that all right. But that's my culture, that's part of my identity, my belonging, you know what I'm saying? But do you think what Ahmed is saying? Is based on truth. You think that's something that, as ethnic minorities, we do do. And coincidentally, both of you are exactly that. Just because you're white, that doesn't take you up, mate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was about to say I wouldn't really call myself an ethnic minority just because I know the struggles that that ethnic minorities go through, and I I don't feel like I've I've been through that. But um, yeah, definitely. I mean, I I even noticed that. Since moving over here, I'd start using maybe like London slang words, yeah. <laughs> you know, things like like oh that's peak or something. You know what I mean? And I, like words I'd never even heard of before moving over here. I think it's that's, that's when you're in, 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in that, when you're in a circle of people, you just do whatever you can to sort of fit in with that circle. Yeah. And I think language is a big part of that, definitely. Would you agree with that, Steph? Yeah, I would, I would agree. With, I would definitely agree with that because even for myself, obviously, me talking now, that's definitely how I'll talk to my friends, how I talk to my parents because I even speak a different language as well. I think kind of Ebo, I speak it a little bit. I understand it more than I can actually verbally speak it because my parents like stopped speaking it to us when we moved to the UK. So they, they used to just like speak to each other. But kind of bouncing off what Ben said of like language and people wanting to fit in. I think maybe it's more of, I think maybe it's more of a, like a subconscious thing we do rather than actually wanting to just fit in. It's just like, okay, you've introduced me to this new thing. Let me start using it. It's kind of like when you get into a relationship with someone, you start to become them. So in a way, like you start to use words and phrases they kind of use. It's like with friendships, you kind of kind of do the same, you have the same thing, I'd say. I I think mean, it, go for it, go for it, Steph. Yeah, I think the, the Yorkshire thing is more funny, but there's definitely like truth to it. There's definitely a lot of truth to it. There is truth to it. And I, look at this, I will look, my man. If you met me first time, I would say, what are you doing, bro? You're okay, bro? What's going on? Like my life, what is going with you, my bro? Would you have, would you have understood me? <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah. look at Google Translate, bro. That's discrimination, bro. That's discrimination. We tend to hone into these type of things. And, and, you know, people in some ethnic communities, ethnic minorities, all right? And sadly, these are our experiences, right? Where we try to you know, emulate the, the larger community, the larger part of society, which is good in a way especially the good parts and good elements and being part and being accepted and uh, being uh, slowly but surely at least getting into the professional sectors. And like, um, you know, Steph, that you said earlier that your experience as being a, as, you know, a person of an, a certain complexion mm. or people, you realize that people will treat you in a particular way, but the area that you're going into in, uh, you know, documentary filmmaking and media and etc., you all you've already made a note in your brain in your mind that I probably will come across this type of discrimination. Yeah. Right? How are you preparing for that, if I may ask? And I know you're still studying in universities. I know it's got a lot of stress around your education. <laughs> oh, home, home learning. Oh my God, what the hell am I doing 24-7 on the without the Facebook and Twitter, please? Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Do you know what? That's a good question. I think for me, the one thing is my parents raised me to like be proud of who I am, be proud of being Nigerian, be proud of being a black woman. So it's not something I'm fearful of. When it happens, I, obviously, I think speaking of it now, maybe because I'm quite an emotional person, it might get to me. But I just have to remember, like, that's not who I am and they don't even know who I am. So why do I care what they think about my color rather than me as a person, me as a human being? So I think I'm just I'm just prepared. I think I. I'm only like, I'm only 20, but I think I have a lot of like self-confidence and like kind of knowledge of like my essence as a person to just not, not kind of, not get, not get worked up about it too much sort of thing. If it gets to a point where, you know, I'm like definitely breaking down, then maybe I have to like talk to other people. But for me, I'm just not going to listen. I'm just going to like close my ears, wear headphones, <laughs> just, you know, just air it out. I just think you just can't, I think when people just don't know you, it's just, I don't know why you would even want to kind of bring yourself down. And I, and I agree with you. And I think that's very, very powerful. And Ivan, Ivan, let me say this to you, my man. The great hope has come. Our new generation thinks very differently 
to our uh, our generation. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> that is bloody brilliant, and it is. And I think that's that's exactly. Yeah, um, it's what I've been saying every time we go into a school. Do you know what I mean? How lucky the kids are because they've had the chance to get to know each other, understand each other. We never had back day. Do you know what I mean? So. The youth are our future, and people like Steph and Ben, by attitude, they want to look. They're not concerned about the bad. They want to see the good in people, and mm. I think that's what the documentaries need nowadays. They need the human side. They've forgotten about the positives from the negative stories that that should be told and and are not told. Do you know what I mean, giving the voice to another people that need to be heard. Do you know what I mean, that's the kind of documentaries that are needed. The lived experience angle there. The, the story that's there with a lot of people, not just a certain audience. Do you know what I mean? No, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. And I think that's that's the important thing here, isn't it? To get to the essence of the human being and stop becoming too superficial. You know, yes. like, that's what's essential to get to the soul of the human being. And I think and and being in a much more multicultural, multi-diverse community, and especially of course the whole debate. Uh, what I what brought up because of the BLM, you know, Black Lives Matter stuff that mm. came up. We've had a number of other issues of concern that have been going on recently as well. And I think that's made it much more clear, or at least a point of discussion for our our societies and our communities. And I think that's huge. That's brilliant. In my home, in my opinion, something that's out in the open, you can be as horrific as you want, you can be as crazy as you want, you can be as hateful as you want. But at least it's out of your system. Do you know what I mean? And then you can debate about it. That's what a democracy mm. is. And you know, in a, in a lot, I've really thought about this because I come from a particular community. I come from a particular background. You understand? And um, if you think about it, majority of, for example, in Nigeria, for example, mm. you'll have um, homogenous community, predominantly black. There are ethnic tribal structures in there. Yeah. But just because they're black or they're darker skin, right? People will be will be treated as normal as you. Mm. I know there's a fairly high uh, Muslim community there. There's a massive, you know, Christian community. You know, yeah. Nigeria. We know that. So th there yeah. is you have them tensions. We understand that. But in the same context, like in this country, you have predominantly white people. When they engage, they don't see like I spend your experience. Probably wouldn't say, oh, you, you know, sorry, I don't know any slurs uh, about Ireland. Forgive me. All right, I'm a nice guy. I don't. I don't think like that. <laughs> <laughs> right, but what I'm saying, you wouldn't get that per se. All right, Ivan, you better not say something, mate. <laughs> he was on the verge of saying something. I'm not saying it quiet. <laughs> he was on the verge of saying something, and he just stopped himself. <laughs> I, I could have said, I could have said so much tonight, but I've been really good. Why? Why are you being good, man? Why are you being good? You're just not trying to be nice in front of these young people. What's wrong with you? Come on, bring it out. They're, they're young and impressionable. I'm a role model now. Oh, <laughs> let's ask them. Do you see Mr. Ivan Humble as your role model? I think I think Ivan sets a very good role for ever anyone to follow. I mean, not even just in the topic of what we're talking about in radicalization and extremism. I think the this whole sort of uh, root of Ivan's story is that you can change no matter what, no matter what mistakes you've made in your life, 
you can always turn that around. And I think that's something which really resonated with me about Ivan is that if you if you met Ivan on the street, you'd have no idea what past is or who was before. As I said, I think I said before, he's one of the most down dear people you'll meet. He just he's, he tells you how it is. And I think, yeah, I just think that that was really important to show. How much did he pay you? <laughs> Not enough. <laughs> No, 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 I'm joking. No, 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 I think you're a great role model. I think even with the title Becoming Humble, I think I think kind of us as humans, we think, okay, we're going to be a baby. We're going to be a teenager. We're going to be an adult. Okay, and then we're going to die. But we're always becoming. We're always changing. And I think that is like, for me, that's the most impactful thing of that story. And I think that's, I think you're, you're a great, great role model. I think people should definitely like watch the documentary. It, it, I think it, a lot of people will find out they resonate more because obviously this is talking about like radicalization and like extremism, but that's just, I think that's just the context of the story. That's not the essence of the story. So I think, I think a lot of people are going to watch and see like the humility in you. They're going to see that you were just a person who at the time was just going through bad things. And there were people who made you feel like home and then you realized, okay. And then you met someone else and then you kind of realized that you can change and you, you're not all these things that people said you were. So I think it was a powerful story. You're a good role model. You're a good role model. Yeah, the kind of <laughs> I, you know the, the way both of you speak is brilliant. You know what I mean? I I can see. I watch a lot of uh, actor studio. All right, and you guys do know your genre. You do know your area of work, which I think is phenomenal. It's really nice. All right, and it's really refreshing to see people who are. And in fact, it's it's not only yourself. I think people who understand art, who understand uh, you know the essence of the human. Yeah. And that's what makes good footy. That's what makes good filmmaking, a good, uh, you know, um, um, a particular type of viewing, if I may say. Uh, and I think um, you guys truly have that. All right. It's phenomenal. And I, 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 I'm a man of faith, so I'm going to say this. I pray to the Lord that he gives both of you strength and, yeah. and your third, third partner as well for yeah. an amazing job. We are, you know, in a, in a few moments, we're going to be at the end of our, our, end of our session. But... I want to. I want you to formulate. I want to. I want a few more words from yourself about how you feel because, of course, it's been it's been uh, difficult because of COVID. Uh, it has been your third, fourth year in university at the moment. Mm. In time. Your 2020. A lot of people they want to forget 2020. Um, uh, but I know Ivan has a slightly different perspective because it's, it, go for it, Ivan. I know you you have this thing about you forgot about the laurel. You forgot about the laurel. Go for it. How do I do it? Where is it? I said you forgot about the law. <laughs> the award. You didn't mention oh, that yet. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. Okay, guys, you know, later <laughs> on, we will definitely, you know, we're gonna we're gonna make sure that you guys watch this. All right, for uh, amazing piece of work that they've done. These guys are amazing, phenomenal, right? They have been recognized for this particular, this exact footage that you guys will see, this film that they have made. And I will make sure that, you, you know, I, I, I leave a, 
um, a, 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 what's that link? Link to this uh, at the bottom as well on on YouTube as well as on Facebook. So guys, do go there, do watch it, do check it, do thumbs up, give it a thumbs up, give it a like. Do you understand? That's what we want from that. Hopefully. So tell me, guys, both of you. This is to both of you, so you can share this between yourself. Mm. Tell me once you made this particular video or a piece of footage, amazing piece of footage. Man, you were on a bit of a roller coaster then, weren't you? <laughs> Tell me what happened. We heard some amazing things, but please share it from yourselves. Yeah, so um, do you want me do you want me to say stuff or wait? We can just bounce, you can say yeah. and yes. Yeah, so, yeah, so once once we had uh, finished the documentary, I decided I was gonna enter it in the some film festivals with quite a low expectation to be honest, because hundreds of thousands of films are entered every year to these things. And um, yeah, yeah, we ended up uh, achieving a semi-finalist award at the Los Student Los Angeles Film Festival. Wow! Yeah, so um, I mean that's beyond our expectations of what like we were looking for a selection. We wanted it to be selected for one, to get all the way through selection and to get a semi-finalist. Yeah, beyond what we expected. And you wouldn't. And think about it. If you if you made this in your it was a second year of university, yeah, right. And suddenly you've gone to that very auspicious, very you know recognized, uh, all right, um, uh, platform. And suddenly you're like, "Come on, finally!" You're like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> me, how did you feel? Yeah, you make it sound so easy, but I don't think I don't think it was as it wasn't as easy as that. Because if oh, you think about it, we 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 had like thirty minutes of footage that we had to condense for like five minutes and then our lecturers kind of saw the film and they liked it and they were like okay you can do it to seven minutes so we had seven minutes but i think for me it kind of kind of not made it not made it seem easy but it's like okay so a documentary all it is is really a great and powerful subject and it's just a pat like a story i think a story that kind of has some change in it something that's not that's something there's like a point where it's not the same anymore so for me it made me realize that Okay, maybe all I just need is a camera and someone and just a story and that's just it. And you can just go to places. Because I wasn't even, Ben told me this, I think he told me this last year in our third year, he told me, oh, he just like signed us to a couple like um, film festivals. And then he's like, yeah, and we got semi-filers to one in LA. I was like, in LA, that's so random. That's like across the globe sort of thing. So it just made, I was really hopeful. Like it gave me a lot of hope for my future. And maybe it's not gonna be as hard as it seems. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 but the thing is that that you know, credit to both of you and all three of you, the ones who uh, got this, and in fact, four of you, Ivan, you get some credit on this as well. Yeah, exactly. You know, your mugs on it, nobody else's. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> no, what I'm saying is that look, in, in this particular context, you no doubt, right? You it's not that straightforward and easy, there's no doubt, yeah. About that. But in, in, in any area, all right, and especially when it comes down to the areas of presentation. Mm. What 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 the audience like is the power of storytelling, mm. right? Not everybody has that skill and ability. Choosing the right footage, the right words at the right time, right? Mm. Uh, that's what makes you good. Not look, I, I watch a lot of stand stand up comedy, uh, comedy, yeah. Mm. And what I like about Dave Chappelle, for example, he, he why is he on the top of his game? Because and all comedians watch him. Why? Because He's an amazing storyteller. Yeah, that's his. That's what he's got. He, he makes you laugh. You, you know, you laugh your head off, right? That's what you do. But it's the stories that he tells you, and in the manner that he does it. 
you know, which is really powerful. And I think what you guys have done with this footage is exactly that. You've you've told a story, and that's the key thing. It might, it might for some people it might be okay. One minute, they just done this, this, this and presented it. You know, it it takes guts to present your own material, right, at that particular platform. So credit to all of you guys, man. <laughs> Right, don't don't, mm -hmm. don't see as that. Even and, and I always say this. I go, look, it it takes many many years, many many years for individuals to, you know, perfect a particular skill and ability or artistic ability. It takes a long time. If you guys are this like this now, imagine where you will be in thirty years time. Oh, you're sweet. <laughs> I'm, I'm stating the fact. You know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying anything. You know, listen. I'm being. I'm being yeah, no, it's true. No, you know, no, it's true. It's true. Yeah, and that's good. That's a, that's a brilliant thing. And and I think that's yeah. what we need. You know, there has to be this essence of confidence and. And you guys have that because brilliant. Do you understand? Okay, you got us guys a bit loony here talking about this and talking about other <laughs> whatever it is, but it ultimately look even our work and Ivan knows this and what makes what makes the me and you brand and, and the organization and, and and the work that we do is based upon stories mm. right it's based upon stories and what makes ivan's story i uh, sorry what makes the whole footage all element that we have with this individual ivan my man is it's your story it's a story which resonates with people right the highs the lows the cries the laughs the jokes the whatever they are all right the anger that we see but that's what grips us Mm. And credit to you guys that you did it in this beautiful way, all right, in this beautiful manner that you had done in becoming humble, guys. I'm gonna, like I said, we're gonna put a link down on Facebook as well as on YouTube. So please, please, please go down, check it out, watch it. Hopefully, Ivan, my man, are there any final words from yourself? And I'm gonna then I'm gonna ask for the last thoughts and reflection from both of these young people today. Yeah, I just want to say thanks to you all. Do you know what I mean? It was a great experience. Plus, I think after what Steph just said, it made me feel a bit good inside that maybe yeah. I've helped you on your journey as well. Do you know what I mean? With this film. So that makes me feel good. Do you know what I mean? I, I'm a bit soft these days. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's what I want to say is thank you, do you know what I mean, for the opportunity. And, and don't forget, I'm a cameo in your first film. Remember that. Yeah. Make sure there's a music <laughs> Make sure it's a musical and make sure you make him wear pipes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Steph and Ben, if there's, um, I just want to say thank you very much from my side as well. Thank you very much for accepting our invitation, coming down and talking to us about you know, the film itself, becoming humble, and telling us a little bit about your background as well, which is which has been fascinating. I have yeah. to say, and and you got you guys are amazing. I'm going to say that so god bless you guys look after yourself take care of yourself is there anything ben you want to say before we leave it uh with the young lady steph in the last words that she can say something inspiration something from your own experience right or something from your life that you would want to share with our viewers our listeners oh, um something from my life uh <laughs> What I was going to share is that there's a there's a text at the end of the film which I think is really important for people to realise. It's that I think it's religious hate crimes have went up 429% since 2018 in the UK. And that's just religious hate crimes. That's not racial hate crimes. That's just 
religious hate crimes. I think that it's something which is brushed over quite quickly, but we do need to start thinking about it. And thank you. Yeah, and uh, the last thing I just want to say again, thanks very much to Ivan for sharing his story with us um, and, and to you uh, yourself for having us, letting us come on and giving us the opportunity to talk about this. And it's nice of you. Steph? Yeah, mine's just going to be short and sweet. I just want to thank both of you. And thank you, Ivan, for letting us, like, trusting us to tell your story. I kind of have, like, a motto I say to myself. And it's like, change is constant, but love is eternal. So we're constantly changing. But the love that you have for yourself and other people is, the like, the strongest thing I think we have as human beings. So that's, that's all I have to say. Thank you, guys. And that's beautiful, you know, last words that you've presented. Hopefully, 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 we can drag you back onto here. All right, and we get an opportunity to see you. Uh, hopefully, when all of this COVID everything's you know yeah. sorted, all right, we can meet physically as well, have a cup of tea, have a cup of coffee, and just relax and have a bit of a chat, guys. You've been listening to Creating the Conversation podcast. All right, today has been an awesome opportunity. We spoke to uh, Steph, we spoke to Ben, right, and of course, big man himself, Mr. Ivan Humble. I'm going to say peace out. And take care of yourself. Hopefully, till next time. Goodbye and God bless. Bye bye.